1: Everybody. Welcome to Good Morning Football, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky, live here in New York City. It's Tuesday, December 5th. I'm Jamie Erdahl. There's Kyle Brant, Peter Schrager, Jason McCourty. Happy Jake Browning Tuesday, everybody. That was an impeccable Monday Night Football performance. Did not see it coming?
2: Not for the Jags' defense. I don't think they saw it coming. No. But yes, Jake, and Jake Browning, yes. Welcome to the NFL.
3: Mm-hmm. Fans of Washington football said so that's our guy. 90
2: touchdown passes in yes. college. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No,
3: we're not okay. so sure. Not
4: the commanders. No. The The Huskies. The Huskies. Going
3: College football playoff. I didn't think we'd
4: be starting the show with this type of icebreaker conversation. It was supposed to be the Trevor Lawrence coronation. Right. Yes. But let's go. Let's go to Duval County. Mm -hmm. The last time Monday Night Football went to Duval County, Blaine Gabbert was handing off to MJD. And I really mean it. It was that long ago. Bengals win on a 48-yarder. That is the wrap. And that man just won. His second career start is on Monday Night Football. He was on the road against a very good team, and he was incredible. 32 of 37 for 354 and two touchdowns. <laughs> Bengals win. They're alive, 6-6. Six six. Guys, this Jake Browning. Let's see what he looks like. Let's hear his voice. Take it away, Jake.
5: You know, I haven't played a lot of football, but it's not like I'm not used to winning. Like I've won a lot of games in my career. Um, none of them have been in the NFL until today, which is obviously – noteworthy but uh you know I'm, I'm used to winning i've won a lot of football games in my life
1: uh that was we all just really stared at his face because we wanted to know more about yeah. uh, jake browning uh tom palacero good morning to you that was the winning quarterback for monday night football a brutal finish for the jacksonville jaguars as they watched trevor lawrence go down i'm sure fans were devastated having that game being played in jacksonville what is the latest with his ankle this morning
5: Jamie, what I am told is that the initial diagnosis for Trevor Lawrence is an ankle sprain. He will undergo an MRI today to further assess the damage. Obviously, with ankle sprains, you are talking about ligaments that are stretched or torn. There's different degrees of that. That evaluation is going to determine exactly how much, if any time, Trevor Lawrence might miss. Our Cameron Wolf, who was at that game last night, said that in the post-game locker room, Lawrence was in good spirits. He was on crutches. He was given a walking boot to put onto that right ankle. Obviously, the team is hoping that this is not something more severe for Trevor Lawrence. If he cannot go, then it would be C.J. Beathard taking over as their starting quarterback moving forward. Jamie?
1: And as Peter mentioned, Beathard been around, so hopefully the Jags and Doug Peterson confirm this in good hands for the time being without Trevor Lawrence. We'll see how long it is. Tom, thank you. We'll talk to you in just a minute about other injuries around the league as we take a gander at what the AFC looks like come Tuesday morning. Yeah,
3: now we shake it up a little bit. It's a little snow globe. What do you got now? (laughs) Uh, Kansas City went from the four to the three as Jacksonville lost, and Jacksonville, of course, lost to the Chiefs earlier this season. Then you see you have... Two different AFC North teams in the wild card, and now the Colts are the seven seed with the Texans, the Broncos, and oh, look who's there. The Bengals and the Bills, our usual playoff teams, just lurking right there on the outside, but suddenly with new life for Cincinnati. Oh, my
1: goodness. Very curious, those logos on the right. And the fact that the Bills still hang at 6-6, very interesting. But let's focus on the Jags and the Bengals. Peter, uh, a fascinating game to watch (laughs) unfold, considering what we thought about these teams going in. You know,
3: the Bengals were double-digit underdogs in this game. Wow. I
1: didn't know
3: Double-digit underdogs. They come in, everyone wrote them off, because they lost to the Steelers last Mm -hmm. week, and they couldn't get anything going on. On offense, and I go back to when Jake Browning got thrown into the lineup, and a lot of the stuff you heard was, well, he worked all offseason with Jordan Palmer, the quarterback guru, who's mm. Carson's little brother who also works with Burrow, and he and Burrow are best of friends, and he was almost like mini Burrow out there, the way he looked. And then last week happens, and you're like, alright, well, okay, that's a great story. <laughs> I know He looked like Burrow last night. Guys, 32 of 37, 354 passing yards on the road, the touchdown, which was awesome to chase, a rushing touchdown. And he had a funny line to, like, Lisa Salters after the game. He's like, well, it's, it's been a long time since I won a game. Mm-hmm. Like, and, yeah, it was. It was because his career resume is wild. Can we bring up just – I know this is almost, like, two weeks too late. We should have done this before. This is what we're looking at here. Took four snaps, uh, you know, week one at Cleveland. Fine, that was – okay. Okay. Vikings and Bengals practice squad since 2019. This guy's been waiting since pre-COVID a year at a time just to get on the field. Through 90 touchdowns at University of Washington. Had 39 college wins, most by a Pac-12 starting quarterback ever. And was sixth in the Heisman voting the year that he won. I guess he won the Heisman. Lamar won the Heisman the year that he was sixth in the Heisman. So, like, this is not just, hey, guy comes from nowhere to... He's been waiting his turn, and he's been persistent and just hanging around, and he's attached himself to Burrow this past offseason, and I think it worked out. Look, this this might be a one-night thing. It might... Or it could be exactly what they needed at kickstart because they're right back in this playoff on.
2: Definitely. You talked about the 354. That was the most Burrow hasn't thrown for that many yards this season. So it was so impressive. Mm-hmm. And Hats off to Zach Taylor and the offense and the strategy that he used in that game. You're watching the game and early on they're a team that loves to throw the ball. Even when Burrow's in there, you see a lot of the short passes that kind of look like the run game where they're just getting it to the outside and they did that early on. They handed the ball off to Joe Mixon to chase uh, Brown in the backfield and let those guys get going. We see Chase Brown ripping off long runs. We haven't really seen him all season long. Okay. You see Joe Mixon getting there. Yes, twin brother Sidney Brown with the Eagles. And these guys are making plays and taking pressure off of Jake Browning. At one point in the game, they talked that he hadn't thrown a ball over like three yards early on and he got comfortable. And then after the game, Zach Taylor said some of those were run pass options that he was deciding to throw the ball on the outside because of the look that he was getting. And then you fast forward throughout the game. Now Next thing you know, he's throwing a bomb to Jamar Chase down the sideline making plays and that's what the run game allowed him to do. He said, after the game, we started getting one-on-one on on the outside and I was able to take advantage of it. It's fascinating to watch young guys in their young career because, to your point, Shregs, we saw him a week ago against Pittsburgh and it was was very underwhelming. Nothing impressive. And he talked about after the game something as simple as the protection they were using up front helped him to know where to go with his eyes. And we all talk about this game. We make it so complicated and sometimes to hear a player talk about the intricacies of it and you may not understand all of it five man protection six man blah 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 he said I knew where to go with my eyes and that helped me to get the ball to where it needed to go and he did that all night long and it was impressive
4: Well, I I know what I've been doing with my eyes is I've been watching all these backup quarterbacks all year. and I've said this all week, guys. I don't want to watch Jake Browning. I said last week, I don't want to watch it. Jake Browning sounds like the name that Joe Burrow uses to check into a hotel. I've done, it's been too much Tim Boyle and Tyson Bajent and Tommy DeVito. I'm beat up by it. I'm so numb by these guys. I don't want to watch Jake Browning. And Jake Browning was awesome. He was really, really good. And I said this before. This was supposed to be a Jaguars holiday. They haven't had a Monday night football home game in 12 years. And he was finally like, all right, you guys are good. you got the coach, you got the quarterback. It's been 12 years we'll give you one. And Jake Browning's like, see you in 2035. <laughs> see you in another 12 years, folks, just ruined your party and your dumb pool and all and we're coming in. we're gonna win this thing. I have, to, I have to tip the cap unbelievably. from you know he had that great first drive and you're like, okay, they got their scripted plays. We've seen this before. Fish hooked me again. I I know that's going to fall apart. It never fell apart. Even when it went to overtime, he was better and healthier. And it was just unbelievable. But I can't believe where we're at with the AFC playoff picture. Mm -hmm. So, So the Bengals, left for dead, burrows out, season's over fine. The Bengals have the same record as the Broncos. They have the same record as the Bills. I'm sitting here now, what is it, December 5th? I think something insane is going to happen in the AFC playoffs. (laughs) Like, so so we all have kind of just fallen in love with the Texans and, like, they're going to make – I don't know if they are – I mean are, is is the Jake Browning bengal experience gonna get them to a wild card and like Josh Allen and Russell Wilson are at home and Jake Browning is in a I don't That's know. I don't know. There's a lot of football to be played. And it was maybe it's one night and maybe it falls yeah. in space next week. Yeah. But like that was a difference maker. That that changed things because on the other side of things, Jackson was like, we want the one seed, we're going. I don't know if you're getting the one seed now. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was a massive game. Jake Browning's a nice story. I hope it continues. Trevor Lawrence, it sucks he got hurt. This affects all the teams in the AFC, of which there are 11 still in contention. Like ripple effects across the board. Jake Browning, you just threw a giant rock into the pond. It's awesome.
1: December might become our backup quarterback month because the Jake Browning Bengals have to go and face Gardner Minshew and the mm, Colts I next about week. Gardner, sure. Joshua Dobbs maybe, or I don't know who's playing. Uh, Jaren Hall maybe mm-hmm. for the Vikings. Uh, is it going to be, Kenny Pickett pick it back for the Steelers, or is it going to be Mitch Trubisky? That's their third game in the next three weeks. Then they go to KC, and then they, they play Joe Flacco and the Browns yeah. to finish their season. This is a fascinating <laughs> backup quarterback month for the Cincinnati Bengals. But, man, if you're throwing the ball to Jamar Chase, you got to be comfortable. Chase, after the game, said he felt like doing evil things. He just wanted to grab towels and be nasty. I wanted to be a jerk, just do stuff. Yes. He did that, just walking into an end zone backwards with a defender, three. Three yards behind you, Jason. If somebody did that to you, how would that make you feel? He
2: said uh, Browning said when he threw that ball, he was on his back, so he didn't know what happened. Then he just sees Chase backpelling in the end zone. He asked him about it. He said, I wanted to be disrespectful. Yeah. Mm. So it's I would have felt disrespected. That's fine. <laughs> I hate, to, I
3: hate to talk a team that's kind of. Is this not an indictment on the New York Jets, though? Like that you could just yes. drop Browning into an. And it's like 32 37. We can get. I, I, I think of the Jets, and you lose Rodgers, and it's just like, well, the season's over. We, can't, we have no shot. Like it's a, I, I watch this from a lens of NFL, and Rodgers was the biggest story going in. But you're saying it. You're the backup. Like, all right, teams can still compete, and Browning's going to have them competing. The Jets have just fallen on their face since I Rodgers know. went
4: out. Wasn't it, I, Correct me if I'm wrong. I think Browning was with Simeon with the Bengals. Like, and then Simeon yes. ends up with the Jets. Yeah, beat them out. And then there's the other take about the Jets. It's like, why can't you guys sign Joe Flacco? He's sitting around. Well, we already tried
2: Flacco a couple of years ago. They can't score a point. It's ridiculous. And all Eddie. that Thursday is Bailey Zappi and Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, no. on Thursday night. So. Oh, I was- no.
1: I know. Any success a backup quarterback had this season was going to be indictment, an indictment on the New York right. Jets because mm-hmm. of however they decided to go about their business. They wanted to find out things about Zach Wilson, and they did right in front of our very yeah. eyes.
4: And now we get CJ Beathard. I hope yeah. not, but it looks like it. That, was, for, that it, did not was look good. For, yeah, you yeah. Know, like those athletes know when they're injured. Like he was so angry. We never yeah. see him like that. I hated that.
1: We just never see that of him. I mean, he pushed through that knee injury yeah. earlier yeah. In this season, so maybe that's why he just knew it wasn't going to be one of those injuries. Mm. Speaking of Tom Pelissero, we welcome you back. What else are we? keeping an eye on from around the league this morning.
5: Well, Jamie, let's start out with three-time All-Pro linebacker Shaquille Leonard, who has a new home. He has signed a one-year deal with the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, of course, Howie Roseman's history would tell you he's often going to target veterans to fill specific roles. The Eagles have had some moving parts on that side of the ball. It's a logical fit for a player who, in recent years, has dealt with a lot of injuries. He's not played up to that all pro form. We'll see exactly how the Eagles integrate him, potentially as soon as Sunday, when they play the other team that Leonard visited before making his decision, the Cowboys in Dallas. In other news, Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett underwent surgery on Monday for a high ankle sprain and is out for Thursday night's game against the Patriots and quite possibly beyond. Now, when players have this tightrope-type surgery for the high ankle sprain, the idea is to quickly strengthen the ankle, get the player back on the field sooner than later. Our Ian Rappaport, who first reported the surgery on Monday, said that the goal is for Pickett to be back prior to the end of the regular season, maybe not until Week 18, which means for now it is Mitch Trubisky taking the reins of a Pittsburgh team that is in playoff position. Also, Saints quarterback Derek Carr is in the concussion protocol For the second time in less than a month, and Coach Dennis Allen said that Carr also suffered a rib injury when the Lions' Bruce Irvin drove his former teammate into the turf on Sunday in New Orleans. A lot of times when players end up in the protocol for the second time in a short period, that can mean an absence of multiple weeks, potentially up to a month. It was a strange vibe on Sunday in New Orleans, I was there at one point in the first half, Derek Carr, every time he came out of the game and Taysom Hill came in, the fans cheered. And then when Carr would re-enter the game, the fans were booing. It's been edgy around that offense. And now, based upon the injury, it seems like there's a good chance fans are going to get what they apparently want. Jameis Winston as the starter on Sunday against the Panthers.
1: All right. Uh, Once again, we see the non-starting quarterback uh, for a team that started the season with a guy. We see his backup coming in. So a Jameis Taysom Hill package is potentially what we're getting for the Saints moving forward. Tom, thank you so much.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower,
1: Boots on the ground for Good Morning Football tells us that the Eagles fans like, are stressing a little bit about what happened to them against the 49ers on Sunday. If that stress continues, remains to be seen. What do we make of the 10 and 2 Philadelphia Eagles right now as they prepare for, as Tom just said, another massive matchup? Kyle,
4: October 4th of this year, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles was the middle of the week. They were 4 and 0. They had just beaten Washington. Mm-hmm. And I had a Verizon service oh, call yes. to my home. Wow. I needed my cable fixed, and Mike. I even pulled up the text. Mike, Mike. from Verizon. We got it. And we had this conversation, and he says, oh, I, I know your show. Thank you. I said, who's your team? And he goes, Eagles. <laughs> and I go, Mike, what in the hell does that look? You're, you were just in the Super Bowl. You're 4-0. And he said the quote we have talked about all year. He said, a storm is coming. Mm. So they're 4-0. and They get to 9-1, and 10-1. It feels like Mike should probably call into our listener line right now because it feels like the storm is here. All of these fears that they had about our defense isn't as good as we think. The linebackers aren't good. We can't tackle. They gave up 42 points to San Francisco. They gave up 34 to Buffalo. They've given up 60 combined, two trips to Washington. I don't think it's a coincidence that 20 seconds after the game, Howie Roseman is on the phone getting Shaq Leonard in here, a guy who's played really good linebacker in this league. And here's the problem. What they need really badly is they need, like, a, a warm-up week. They need a sparring partner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't think Dallas could put 40 on you, too? They can. They can. Now, you beat them a few weeks ago. I think you're playing different. I think they're playing different. The concern for Philadelphia isn't that the storm is passing through. is that it's settled and that they are flawed. And all these phone callers to all the radio shows who are saying that Jalen Hurts doesn't look the same and the defense isn't as good as we think, we just they win every week and we ignore it. They didn't just lose. They lost terribly. They lost at home, and they lost to a team they're going to have to beat this year. Is the storm passing through, or is it here? Mm-hmm. I got to get Mike from Verizon on the phone. He's got to call Mike. Call the show right now. We need to hear from you.
3: You know, and it's I'm I'm with you in a lot of ways, and with Mike as well, because they had been winning. They were they were trailing at the half for four straight games, but they were winning those games. And that right. was the story, and I would come on here on Good Morning Football the morning after, and be like, "They are the most resilient team. They find a way to." They didn't this time, so. You're, you're, you're struggling through this this feeling in your brain where it's like, okay, are we the team that that is able to always conquer and do it? Or are we the team that, for some reason, kept on losing these first halves and having to save ourselves in the mm-hmm. second half against teams that we probably should beat anyway? I will give them the benefit of the doubt on this. That defense played 92 defensive snaps yep. against the Buffalo Bills. They were all banged up. The 49ers had 10 days of rest, and in a lot of ways, that Niners team came into this game with ten months
5: mm. of
3: just letting that fester that they got. This might have been the perfect storm. You go to Dallas and you lose yeah. when well, all cards are on the table, and I don't know what to tell you. You might not be the number one team, might not be the number two team in the NFC.
4: Have you listened to the uh, the, the Trent Williams Christmas album he does with Bosa? It's awesome. It's great. Have you heard Christian McCaffrey's podcast? It's unbelievable. Go he gets on. together with his dad Ed, and they just talk, and it's great. Listen. The Christmas album, it's amazing. It's for charity, all that stuff. Isn't this sobering for Philly? They've been darlings. Mm. I'm, I'm sitting on the couch next to my wife last night who does not watch any football. She's scrolling Instagram. And I hear this walking in a winter wonderland. I go, is that Jason Kelsey? She goes, yeah, I like it. It's cool. <laughs> it is cool. It's not cool when you get destroyed at home by, by San Francisco, embarrassed. So like... They're darlings and they're great, and I love the Christmas album, the podcast, and all that. Like <laughs> the podcast and all, all you, that. Let's go play some. Are you
1: trying? Are you implying yeah, that? I'm doing not implying
4: anything. I'm straight up saying it. <laughs>
1: the extracurriculars yes. are taking away from the way they're able to play the game, or are you just annoyed at the overexposure and they're also losing?
2: Yeah, I don't think Kelsey had two straight false starts because he recorded a Christmas album okay. against Buffalo. I look at them right now, and this has to be a pissed off Philly team that's going on the road to Dallas. And we're talking about how great it was. Howie Roseman goes out there and he gets Shaq Leonard. If I'm a linebacker on that team, though, I'm taking a little bit of offense to it. We just gave up over 140 yards rushing to San Francisco. The talk of town has been our DBs couldn't tackle. That's been the talk since this game on mm-hmm. Sunday. We go out and get Shaq Leonard, a three-time All-Pro. But this is a guy coming off of two back surgeries. The Colts owe him money, and they still release him. And we're saying we're going to better our defense by going out and getting him. Of course you welcome him. You're excited to have anybody that's going to help your team win. but. At the same time now, everybody is questioning your defense. And for the Eagles, right now, you still have the best record in the NFL. And now, all we are doing here, we're sitting at a table and everybody's doing it, questioning their toughness, their resiliency. No, everything. don't question the
3: toughness, you're questioning when whatever the- word, whatever, is? no, 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 yes, no, no. Are you whatever, the whatever,
2: you can plug in whatever word. you're questioning them, doesn't matter the exact words you're using. So, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you're fired up to go on the road to this Cowboys team and say, you know what, we want to solidify and show everybody we are who we are. We lost to a really good 49ers team. And to you guys' point, if they lose this game, we're now looking at Dallas as first place in the division. Mm-hmm. And now we talked about the big four in the NFC. Now it's a race of four to get to that number one spot of who's going to win the games down the stretch to have it. So this is, to me, the biggest week, obviously, for Philly season coming off of that butt kicking and I got from the 49ers. Right. If
1: you are questioning a team's ability to beat another talented team, you are questioning all the adjectives that go with it, whether <laughs> it be toughness play, or resiliency or any of those things.
3: We in or we out and I want you to go back to March and all of the different news and headlines that Tom Pelissero and Mike Garrafort Free Asian Frenzy? And Ian Ravaport were breaking <laughs> for us. Come on now.
2: Here's my statement.
3: Gardner Minshew was the best free agent signing of the 2023 NFL offseason. Are we in, or we out, Jason? Oh,
2: Gardner Minshew has been so good. You start thinking about some of the guys, trades You have mentioned Jadavion Clowney, Mm. the signing that he's been. You can add Van Noy to that in Baltimore. Uh, Minshew has been really good. I'm going to go with another guy. I'm going to go out, and I'm going to go with Jesse Bates of the Atlanta Falcons. Mm -hmm. The safety has been unbelievable for that defense. Five interceptions, making a ton of tackles all over the field. Every week, it seems like he shows up from the very first game when he went against Bryce Young, he had the mm-hmm. two picks. Jesse Bates has been great this season and has really showed up for the Atlanta Falcons defense. Yes, I'm in on Gardner Minshew. Jason's talking
4: about some safety. Safety. Here. <laughs> Jesse Bates. What are we talk, I, I love Jesse Bates. Um, <laughs> yes, and I think that Gardner Minshew is, is important this year because we have seen the injury of the franchise quarterback and we've seen every team drop their quarterback. I feel like in the offseason these teams and these GMs and these owners need to have a real conversation about our backup quarterback Peter brought up the Jets in 7-8 you know what Prioritize it. Maybe you don't have that second elite pass rusher, and you really want it. I know you do. Get the backup quarterback. Do you understand that they had Anthony Richardson? Let's go. Let's screw it. Let's start him to start the start the season. He's injured in about 20 minutes, and it's like Gardner, you're the season. We could go three and 14 this year, and like no, I think we'll go to the playoffs instead because they had a plan, they had a guy, they had his experience. You can't just say I'm sure they'll be healthy. They don't stay healthy. So yes, Gardner Minshew is the biggest one. I listen. I lo- I could say Jalen. Rand Ramsey, or this person, that person, fine. Gardner Minshew is a starting quarterback for a team headed to the playoffs. I don't know how you beat that.
1: Two things I became in on when researching this segment. First of all, there is a moment in the production meeting before the television broadcast where the TV partner has to ask the team, can we send a camera into the locker room if you win? And the team has to agree to that. Please, I'm in on the Colts always allowing the camera in the locker room because if we get that footage of Gardner Minshew dancing Mm -hmm. every week, I'm in on it. Secondly, when I went to answer the question, I thought, surely not. There must be another free agent. And I went deep on the list. And I was like, oh, Gilly Locks, Stephon Gilmore, that was a trade. Mm -hmm. So that didn't qualify. Uh Then I thought, well, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. No, not really to the Lions. Uh So I am, too, going to go in on Gardner Minshew because of the backup quarterback. Conversation.
2: Jesse Bates may be a first-team All-Pro. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just throwing that out there. But does he first dance team.
1: like that, Jason? Does he wear flip-flops in the meetings? Uh,
2: his team is one in their division right now. <laughs> I'm just, I'm
3: just saying. Okay. Javon Hargrave has been very good, very good. Yep. but he's not Minchu right mm-hmm. now. Um, James. Bradbury was a good signing. Yeah, they no, signed, like, signed back to his team. Back, same David Montgomery's been really Monco- good in Detroit. Yeah. Minchu, Jason, Minchu, Minchu or Bates? I don't think we have in this debate. That's a incredible debate. The value, <laughs> yes, of, take that. value of the top safety in the league or a quarterback who's won four straight games um, have that debate at home. And how many of you fans of teams that are on the outside looking in are not kicking yourself so, like, it's not like Minshew <laughs> showed up out of nowhere. Like Minshew was awesome for the Jaguars, yeah, yeah. was a good backup for the Eagles Been last around. year. One game, like how do you let teams? Kind of get a low Minshew? profile guy though, so yeah. I mean, he's, he's under the radar, right? right. So, right. right. Unassuming. Um, love Minshew. Okay, so from those backup quarterback conversations to another one, Thursday night's going to feature two teams with great. Great history. <laughs> Excellent defense. Once you start working the yeah. history, yeah, I was about to say get, get to it, right? get to it. Excellent defenses, <laughs> um, but some anemic offenses. In yeah. fact, the Patriots uh, have allowed just twenty-six points over the last three games, mm-hmm. and they've lost all three That's of great. those games. <laughs> Here is the statement, folks. Yep. The Bailey Zappi led Patriots. We think. We think, <laughs> we assume. I
2: guess. Yeah.
3: And the Mitchell Trubisky-led Steelers will combine for more than twenty points on Thursday night. Twenty. Make make it make sense, Jason. Are we out? All right. Can you get 20, to twenty? Twenty is like such a like... Can you get to twenty? So think
4: like 13-9, That's,
3: that's over twenty. Like
4: 13, 7 is easy. You think of like a push. lot of permutations. <laughs> I, I what if it was twelve to eight? <laughs> that 20, equals twenty. More than twenty. 21, nothing. More than twenty. More than, more than, than 20. twelve to nine. Then. Yes. <laughs>
3: 13-10. Yes. yes.
2: I like it. The Patriots and Steelers will combine for more than 20. I... What do
3: you think Bill Belichick sees when and, and he's walking in the facility and he sees that? Is this insulting? Tomlin, is this insulting to them? Or what? No. He's, he's, Bill's Defensive watching, coaches. Bill's watching
2: the film. They didn't score a point last week. But I am going and They're going to combine for more than 20. How do you see it happening? Because the <laughs> Patriots, they, they've been waiting for this Thursday night game for primetime to unleash Malik. Cunningham. Okay. he reverted back to the pride squad but he can be elevated again this week thursday they've been saving it they're going to outleash it they were waiting for al michaels and kurt herbstreit mm. to show up with the amazon prime crew and it's going to be this week that we get the malik cunningham show and he's going to get this game oh, i don't know if I'm, <laughs> you uh, you i barely it, can did, no. no no i say no right, Steelers no. 16 patriots three there's a funny thing
4: with this where we talked about this, where in the Amazon put out their promo for their, on their broadcast yes. for next week's game, and it's you know, Patriots-Steelers, and there's a picture of T.J. Watt and the Patriots had a picture of Bill Belichick, and you're like, what the hell? That's not even a player. You put the coach up? If anything, you would put Belichick and Tomlin. They put Watt and Belichick. Now, this got some attention. And they have a new one now. I, I don't have it. it. I don't have it. But I'm watching this morning, and it's T.J. Watt, and it's a player for the Patriots. I don't know who it is. You know, I mean, I, I could not recognize the player. He has the helmet off. I don't know who it
3: is. Because Judon's hurt. It's not Gonzalez Judon. It's hurt. not.
4: It's not Zappy. It's not. Ramondre's
3: probably hurt. I, I yeah. don't Remandre's know who the
4: hurt. player is. So if you scroll through it, Jason, you could, could look. Could be like Zeke. I, I don't know who it is. <laughs> could be Zeke. It's not Zeke. I know what Zeke looks yeah, like. That's true. That's no, I would know Zeke. It's not yeah. Zeke. The
3: Mario Pop Douglas. I don't no, know who okay. it is,
4: Peter. Oh, so like I, I'm not making fun of Amazon. Like I sympathize. Believe me, we've had to make some chickens oh, out yeah. on this show where I think we're who, doing it now. Yeah. Um, but so I think sub twenty though.
1: Who's the receiver that dropped that great ball? That's like Tyquan Thornton. I'll
4: get it, Jay. Hold on, Jamie. Um, what's your take? for the love of oh, yeah. God?
1: I'm in on this. The, the person Jamar Chase trying to be evil last night. The person who came up with this question is trying to be evil to us right now. I feel like you're just baiting us.
2: Do you know who that is? Djuan Bentley.
4: Jawan Bentley. Bentley. Jawan Bentley is next to T.J. Watt. That's yeah. where we're at. Yeah. Jawan Bentley. I, I, I to give us, when us I didn't something know more about his
1: name than his name. Peter. Um, I know he is. Purdue Purdue problem. Problem. I'm
4: a baby baby linebacker. Right. linebacker. I'm sure he's a great player. It's, on, it's, it's, it's Jeff Bezos is the largest company in the world, at Amazon, <laughs> <laughs> next to T.J. Watt, who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Jawan Bentley. That's great. I would have rather have an actual Bentley. Like what, Th- that's Juwan it. It should <laughs> be
1: Tomlin and Belichick. Just a picture of a Bentley. It should be Tomlin and Belichick. To your point.
3: Yeah.
1: For the love of God, please, more than 20 points. That's all I'm going to say.
3: I don't know if we can promise you that, Jamie. I
2: don't.
3: Definitely can't promise it. Can't. I don't know if it's going that way. And and the Steelers might be playing playoff football.
4: Uh huh.
2: Yeah,
1: that's where we're at with this.
4: I don't have an next layer of this, Peter. I I don't know. It's I think it's a it, my, my 19, my I have nineteen to sixteen to three. That's points.
3: you have. You have nineteen.
1: My yeah. only wish is that if the Patriots don't score again, that Belichick. Answer the question about. He tried to get out of Mike Reese's questions last week, which we, I, I didn't really appreciate because it was a valid question. When Mike Reese was trying to say, "Are you surprised the offense has been unable to produce that way?" Belichick came back at him and said, "I'm not doing a season in review right now. I'll just yeah. talk about the game." Okay, are you surprised that your offense can't produce in a game? Then I just want something, and I know I'm shouting in a cloud because it's Bill Belichick. Yeah. But my goodness, yeah. if we do it again, then I guess just yeah. another round of answerless questions.
4: I think Jawan Bentley has four sacks <laughs> on the season. That's pretty good.
2: Bentley, man, it's really, yeah, it's a good linebacker for them.
4: That's what it is. What? It's like it's Jawan, like maybe like. Or is a single digit? Lexus or something? Yeah, maybe just it's, a, what is it? Zero or something? I'm trying. Eight, eight I think. Why wouldn't you clearly you put Zeke? shouldn't work in marketing. Why wouldn't you put Ezekiel Elliott? He's been pretty good lately. Yeah, I yeah, sympathize. Yeah. I know. T.J. Watt and Jawan Bentley. Bezos, unbelievable.
0: Bezos, baby. Who's making Bezos, those calls? Baby. You go into your shower feeling tired.
3: We got our three-time Super Bowl champion, our NFL Network front office analyst, Mr. Scott. Hey, what's up, Scott? What's up,
6: Scott? Good morning, guys. I want one of those old trapper hats. I mean, make make me look like I have a little hair, maybe.
0: (laughs) We're going to get you one.
3: You look good, my friend. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, unfortunately, suffered what looked to be a pretty Mm. severe ankle injury in last night's loss. Could you describe... The philosophy of who you have as a backup when you have these young franchise quarterbacks, in their case it was C.J. Beathard, in the Bengals case it was Jake Brown. But when you're trying to contend for a Super Bowl, when you look at the backup quarterback position, when you're building this thing from scratch, what is the philosophy Mm -hmm. for certain teams?
6: Well, first of all, it's critical, Peter. And what you have to do is in the off season or the postseason, you have to spend a lot of time in March and April making that decision and then executing your plan. If you look at teams, for instance, a team like the Bengals, they decided several years ago to draft a player to develop him, keep his salary down low. He's only making $750,000 this year, but he's a player that they developed within their system and that's how they wanted to do it. Then you've got other teams with the philosophy who are willing to spend a ton of money. The Commanders are paying their backup, Jacoby Brissett, $8 million a year. So it's a matter of what you want in your room, philosophically as coaches, in terms of a veteran player or a young quarterback that you're developing. But the other part that you have to pay attention to is you always have to think about the aggregate cost of your quarterback room and how that's going to impact the rest of your roster. There's different ways to do it. Back when I was with the Patriots, we wanted our backup quarterback to be a player that we drafted and developed. That's what happened with Brady. That's what happened with Castle when they came in and had to play. So again, different philosophies for different teams, but that decision needs to be made early. Mm. Scott, when they're uh, when they're not uh, singing Christmas songs and podcasts and the
4: Eagles uh, lost to the 49ers 100 to nothing at home the other day. And so they went out and Mm. signed a a linebacker that the Colts released. Uh, Is this going to shore things up? And how do you talk to the locker room or the meeting room or anything about we're still a superpower? How do you get off the mat after that one?
6: Kyle, I think you just do. That's what football players do. That's what good football players do. And that's what good teams do. I don't think that this is really shaking their confidence in in a weird way. I know this. Nick Sirianni was not happy on Sunday. He was not happy yesterday. But now he's having to change his locker room's thoughts and how they're going to approach this game and get back to optimism. So in a weird way, this loss... And this beatdown by the 49ers is another way to tell your football team, listen, any Sunday we can get whipped and we see it time after time. And the Eagles did not look good the other night. But again, if we go back several weeks, there was a period in time where the 49ers lost three straight games and they didn't lose to powerhouse football teams. So the most important thing is each week you have to get ready to be the best team on the field that particular day and this past week the 49ers were certainly the better team than the eagles but if i'm the, if i'm the eagles i'm not shaking too much and my confidence remains high
1: Scott, you more than anybody else must understand the perfect marriage that must exist between GM and head coach. The Lions got back Mm. on track on Sunday. They are in the mix for the NFC's one seed. Do you think Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell are that top tier perfect marriage of Mm. GM head coach in the NFL right now?
6: Jamie, you know, I don't know if it's ever perfect, but it's certainly darn close. I look at those two guys and I listen to those two guys. When you hear them talk about one another and how much respect for they that they show for one another for the jobs that the other person has to do, it's really pretty remarkable. Then they've got this confluence of beliefs in terms of how they want to build their team, how they want to build their culture, how they want to do things. And it is so much in alignment. And that's a critical thing when you're building a football team because you want the person that goes out and finds the players for the coach to understand the coach, what he wants, and how he wants to do it. So when I watch Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell, I see a terrific marriage. The other thing I see is the fact that they are not only smart and thoughtful, but they're also humble. They were smart enough when they built that football team. They put together a terrific team through their drafts and free agency and trades. But they also held on to really good players like Frank Ragnow that show you the amount of humility they had to understand, hey, we've got some good players here too. So I love watching this marriage.
2: So fascinating to watch them, and Scott. The one thing we love and appreciate from you is mm. your relationships with people in the league now and present and in the past. Semifinalists for the Pro Football mm. Hall of Fame. It was just released this past week, and I know you know a number of players and names on that list. Tell mm. us what stood out to you the most.
6: Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, you just showed the photo there. I got to lead with Rodney Harrison. Any way you look at Rodney Harrison, and, and people may say that I'm being a bit of a homer, but I'm not. Rodney Harrison checks every single box that you need in terms of an individual and as a team player. He won two Super Bowls. He was the first player in NFL history to have 30 sacks and 30 interceptions. And still to this day, there's only two players that have ever done it. It's Rodney and it's Ray Lewis. We also saw Vince Wilfork up there, who was transformational in terms of our defense for the New England Patriots, where we had been switching out our big nose every year. He came in and stabilized our defensive line that won multiple championships, but he was a great Pro. We saw a couple of other pic, uh, pictures of players up there, and Devin Hester, who I was very fortunate to be with for a couple of years in Atlanta, and then Dwight Freeney, who was absolutely an amazing player, and he was with us in our run to the Super Bowl that we lost against the Patriots, but watching a player like Dwight Freeney, who was not only a great player, but to watch his preparation, to watch Devin Hester's preparation, those are the, some of the players that are really on my radar, but you know, you look at that list, and you, you say to yourself, "Gosh."